Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Well, good morning. Good morning. So thankful to be here. Thankful for rain. And just thankful for everything. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise you and we just honor you this morning. I thank you that as we feel the rain and and know that it's coming down, so is your word going forth that won't return void, but it'll accomplish what you set it out to do, Father. And so I thank you that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and that you can get across whatever you need to get across, that you can breathe life into whatever needs life breathed into it. And so I thank you for that this morning. I thank you that that you're always present, always faithful, always true, and that we can lean on you and trust in you at all times. And so we just praise you for that. Holy Spirit, I just submit myself to you this morning. Speak through me, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, okay, so I'm going to go into Exodus, and then I'm going to go into the New Testament, too, and I'm going to go into Isaiah, and I'm going to go into a bunch <laughs> of places. So good luck trying to keep up with me, okay? But um, I've had a lot in, on my heart. You know, the last week and a half has been kind of tough. My dad passed Tuesday, and so I got to get down, go down and see him. And so, um, honestly, the hardest part for me was last night and this morning because uh, my dad's a pastor, was a pastor, and every Saturday night he would call and he'd say, hey, I'm just reminding you that church is tomorrow. (laughs) It's like he thought that if he didn't call me, I wouldn't show up. (laughs) So if you guys ever see me not show up on Sunday morning, you'll know why. Because I didn't get that call, and so last night kind of made it real, and kind of made it hard because I was used to that call, and so, and then he's the one I talked to after church, and so I missed that already, and so um, I'm thankful because I have have a great dad. You say, well, what do you mean you have a great dad? Because he's alive. He's more alive now than he ever was, and so I can rest. In knowing that, and I can rest in knowing that um, that he's happier now than he ever was in, in his entire life. He he instilled in in all of us this sense that we don't quit, that we don't give up, and when things get tough, we don't back up because that's not who we are. And so, one of the things I remember is when I was in high school, um, I made the varsity team as a freshman. And um, we were the number one. Sometimes we'd be ranked number two. They were stupid for doing that because we killed everybody. <laughs> and it just motivated us, right? But, but it was um, the top team in the state. And so um, I was more or less a crash test dummy for them. <laughs> but I still got to play and, and um, played enough to ladder. But, um, I learned a lot, but my first week and a half, as we're going through practice, I remember, like, I was getting beat up. 
Like, like I literally felt like a crash test dummy. And like, like I'd, even when I'd have some hope, like um, I love the nose guard position. They've tried me at defensive end, and then they tried me at, at, um, at linebacker. And I was like 5'10 and weighed 173 pounds. And so these linemen were huge, right? And so but I was fast enough I could get through. So I'd scoot through, and then the fullback would just slam me, you know, or, or someone would hit me even if I got through. And I was so tired and so beat up. And I come home, and I was like, hey, Dad. And he's like, yeah. And he was like, I'm not sure football's for me, and I don't know if I want to play anymore. And he goes, no. And I was like, yeah, like, yeah I think that's kind of how I'm feeling. And, he, and he's like, so what are you wanting to do? And he's like, well, I think I'm going to quit. And he's like, I'll tell you what. He's like, you don't ever have to play football again. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And he goes, after this year. <laughs> but he's like, we don't quit. We don't give up. We keep moving and we keep going forward. And you know what I, you know what I said? I was like, oh, man, I'm going to die. I won't make it till next year. <laughs> you know? But I survived. And my dad instilled something in me that I can take for future generations and that, that we instill, it's just who we are and it's a grit we have. And so um, as I was, I flew back and I got there on a Thursday night and as um, my dad, I was so fortunate that I left when I did because I wouldn't have got to talk to him. And so I had like 25 minutes with him and he's like, man, I'm getting pretty beat up here. And I was like, dad, I was like, do you remember this story? And he told this story about when he, he started out in the National Guard and then um, transferred into the Air Force later, um, which was a funny story. In the Air Force, he went on a little island out on the Aleutian chain called the Shimmy Islands. And as he was in the Shimmy Islands, um, when they were recruiting him, he had another place to go. It was like Hawaii or something. But, <laughs> but um, he talked to his, his supervisor, and he, he's like, where would you go? And he says, I'll tell you what. He goes, I'd go there because there's a girl behind every tree. <laughs> and my dad, being smart, he's like, well, I'm going to go there. So when he flew into the islands, he quickly realized that there were no trees. <laughs> and, and so... so um, <laughs> He, he was like, I got conned on that one. And so, anyway, he, he, in the National Guard, he, or in the boot camp, they had to go through Army boot camp, and they were climbing up a pole, and it's like this 40-foot pole, and he slips, and he falls, and he comes on, almost all the way down, knocks the breath out of him, and he's rolling around on the ground. And he, he said, while I was rolling down on the ground, I knew I had a decision to make. He's like, either I can get up and, and beg for mercy, which I'm not going to get anyway, or I can get up and go back up that pole. And so my dad got up, and he, the drill sergeant's like, are you okay, are you okay? And he's like, like yes, sir. And he's like, like, let me go back up. And the drill sergeant's like, no, you're crazy. You're not going back up. And so I asked my dad, I was like, Dad, why, why were you going to go back up that pole anyway? And he, he's like, well... He goes, I thought he was going to make me go back up there, and I just didn't want it to be his ideal. <laughs> and so that's the kind of dad that I had the fortune to be raised with. And so um, I had to leave Tuesday, and my dad was kind of already gone, but he hadn't passed yet. And so as I was leaving, I got to the airport in Phoenix, and um, I got the call that he had passed, and I was pretty heavy. 
going into that, but when I found out, I had a joy because my dad loved Jesus. And the last five years since my mom passed, he always wanted to go be with her. And so I knew right away that um, he was where I figured he was having a holy spirit runaway lap in heaven saying, I'm here, I'm here, you know, finally. And so it gives me peace to know that I know where he's at. And as I think about all the gifts that I could ever, ever, ever give anybody in my life, it's a gift that he gave us, and that's that we can have peace in knowing where he went and where he is. And you know, with each one of us, we get to make that choice. We get to make that decision. And it's, I've been, been around places where we weren't really sure and didn't know and, and it's hard to have peace in those situations. But the gift he gave us, the gift my, my parents, both of them, instilled in us was a faith knowing that God's real, God loves us, and you keep going no matter what it looks like or no matter how hard you get hit. And what better legacy can you leave than that? And so I'm so thankful and I'm so honored that I got the privilege that, that he was my dad. And... Another thing that really makes it easy is, is I had such a great dad that when I started seeing God as a father, it made it way easy for me to see him as a good father, right? Because the Bible says if, if, God, if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to, to us, right? And so... Anyway, um, I was just thinking, and um, Monday we had to go to uh, another, um, we, had, we had to find, we were looking for a church to um, have the um, service, and usually we did it in another church, or my mom's in another church, but there's a church in town that my mom and dad actually got married at, and so I was talking with three of my sisters, and I was like, well, why don't we go talk to to the pastor there and see if we can have the service there and and um, I said well I was just driving around town drove by and I seen a car park there I was like why don't we go see him she, my sis, little sister says well what if he's a jerk <laughs> and I said well what preachers are jerks and then they all three look at me <laughs> and I'm like okay this is not what I mean I was like well we don't know who this guy is but my dad met him met him once or twice and um and so I was like, let's go talk to him. And, and, and even if he is a jerk, we'll find out if we can use this, you know. So we went down there and went in and got to meet him. And he wasn't a jerk, believe it or not. Not all preachers are jerks. Like, I'm not a jerk either. I don't know why they would think that, right? But we get there and he gives us his tour and he's talking to us. And he's like listening to us and listening to the legacy. Because that's the church that my dad and mom got married in. The pastor that used to pastor that church, that's who I'm named after. And, and so when I'm walking through this church and I'm seeing his, the history and the legacy that was built up as my grandma used to take care of the nursery in this church. And, and I see my, my grandpa's funeral was there. My great-grandma's funeral was there. And, and the church is getting re- renovated. And it's getting, like you can see the life coming to it. And this young pastor is doing such a great job. I mean, he's not a baby, but he's... Well, anymore, everyone's young. 
<laughs> right? But as he's coming around and, and he's taking us through the, through the church, I walk into this old Sunday school room. And it's turned in, a wall's knocked out, and it's turned into a youth room. And on the wall is Yahweh Nisi in Hebrew, or Jehovah Nisi. And in Hebrew, that's the Lord, Yahweh, is my banner. And you know, that was only in the Bible one time. One time. And it was when they were in this battle, the Israelites were in the battle, and God says, said, hold up your arms. Moses, and as long as you hold your arms up, you will have victory. But there come a time when Moses was so tired. He's like, he's been in the battle so long and he's given it to God. And he's like, God, I'm just giving you everything I have. And he couldn't hold his arms up anymore. Any of you guys ever feel like that? Do you ever go through seasons where you feel like that? Or you just need that strength. Well, fortunate when that his arms started dropping, when he because what happens is when we lift everything we have have up to God and say, "You're my banner, you're my protector, you're my victory, you're my shield," we're giving that to God. But the moment we pull that back down, we're taking it on ourselves, and that doesn't matter if it's our righteousness or it's our peace or if it's our provision or whatever it is in our life that we're trying to take, when we drop our hands and we say, do you know something? I got it now. That's when we start losing the battle. But as long as we can keep our arms up and say, you know something, Father? You're my banner. You're Yahweh. You're you're Jehovah Nisi. I have victory. The Bible says when the enemy comes up, he will lift up a standard against him. Actually, it says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Do you know what he's saying? I will give you victory even in the midst of sure defeat because I'm still God. And you can still trust me and you can still take it to the bank because I am with you. And you can trust him in that, right? And so... There's another funny story. I'm sorry about all the stories about my dad, but he had a big impact on my life, you know? And so when I was in, um, my mom and dad pastored a little church up in northern Oklahoma. It's a little town called Juan, and it was consolidated with Juan and Oakdale. And we we were like closer to Coffeyville, Kansas, than we were Bartlesville. And so we're up there in the middle of nowhere, by the way. But I was like in first grade, maybe second grade. No, I think I was in first grade. And we were in this class, but as a first grader, I was in a class with third and fourth and fifth graders. And somehow I got set at the back of the class. And so it looked like, um, you know, I was in big, you know, I couldn't see over these people. and I couldn't see the board. And so she gave me, this teacher gave me an assignment. And so I couldn't get it done. I couldn't see the board, and I couldn't get it done. So she comes over, and she goes, James, you got this done? And I was like, no, ma'am, I ain't got it done. And she's like, well, you're going to go out and get some SWATs. And I was like, SWATs? I just, I can't see the board. 
and she was just mad at me. She wouldn't listen to me, so she grabs me, uh, not by the ear, but by the collar. I've seen some of those old teachers <laughs> grab guys by the ear and drag them down the, you know, the auditorium or wherever they're going. She grabs me, pulls me out, grabs a paddle, and there's this old table set in, in the hallway in between the wall and the, um, and the hall where you could just kind of walk through. And so she's like, bend over. And so I bend over, and I'm thinking, this ain't right. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I can't see. And I'm trying to tell her, and she's not listening to me. This ain't right. And so she rears back, and she starts to swing. And I notice there's an opening under the table. (laughs) So I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here. So I dove under the table. Well, this teacher, she, she could barely, like, walk, let alone swing. But she, I knew she could swing because I felt the air of that paddle going as I was diving under the table. And so here she is. She's like, you come out here right now, young man. I'm going to spank you. And I was like, well, that convinces me, right? So, like, I hid under that table. And so she's trying to reach for me. And, like, she can barely walk and barely move and trying to grab me out from under the table. And then she's yelling for the principal. And the principal comes out. And he couldn't walk as good as she could. <laughs> and so they're both trying to get me. And, like, I'm going from one side to the other to the other. And finally, like, I'm going to go call his parents. And, and so, so for a minute there, I thought, well, I'm in trouble. But I'd rather be in trouble with my parents than be in trouble with them. How many of us, if we had... That, that mentality with our Father God. You know what? If I'm going to be in trouble, I'm going to be in trouble with the God who loves me. They gave His Son for me. When I mess up and I'll find that I have a loving Father who's going to be there for me and say, it's all right, Jesus paid the price. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, right? And so I remember I'm waiting on my parents thinking, man, I might get a spanking, but I'd rather get a spanking by my dad than that old lady. (laughs) And my mom and dad get there. And for a minute, like I'm thinking, people need some popcorn to watch this. (laughs) But for a minute, I'm thinking, well, I might be in trouble when mom and dad got there. Till I got there, and I was still under the table. And they're looking at, at the teachers and looking at me like, why is he under the table? And they're like, well, we wanted to spank him. And... My, my mom goes, why do you want to spank him? What did he do? He didn't get his report done. Well, why did he not get his report done? I don't know. I didn't ask. My mom said, said James, why did you not get your report done? I was like, Mom, I can't see the board. And, and, and there, it's just so far away, and this big dudes are in front of me. And, and then the look on my mom's face changed. And I knew I was no longer the one in trouble. <laughs> I knew right away that I needed the popcorn because this was going to be fun to watch. And so I watched, and it was quite entertaining as I thought they were going to take that paddle and paddle both the teacher and the principal. (laughs) And from that moment on, that teacher's attitude toward me changed. But what happened was I knew that I could trust my father and my mom. I knew when even I felt like I'd messed up or that the world's saying that you messed up, that I could stand for who I am and what I believe and go forward in it. And that's pretty big. That's a good way to grow up, and it gives you something to stand on, and now I'm the same way, right? But God wants to do great things in our lives. But here, 
is Moses, and he's holding his hands up, and he can't hold them up anymore. And then Aaron comes along, his brother, and holds him up. And then there's another dude. Like, you think that Johnny Cash's song, A Girl Named, A Boy Named Sue, was bad. This guy's name was Her. <laughs> I mean, who would name their kid Her, you know? But Her made a, a big impact on Moses' life, right? Aaron and Her started holding his arms up. And do you know what God did? He gave them the, the victory. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes it don't seem like we can keep going on. But we have our church family and we have our other family and we have people that come beside us that are here on earth saying, do you know something? You can trust God. It looks like the battle's going to be, be defeated and you're going to be defeated. But I'm telling you, God's word will never return void. He will keep his word and he will go forward and he will protect you and he will guide you. And he will be faithful to you no matter what it looks like and no matter what you're going through. No matter what the odds are. God's got your back, man. He'll protect you and keep you even when all hell is breaking loose. There's a song that kept popping up in my, in my head last last couple days and it was victory victory shall be mine victory victory shall be mine if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battle victory victory shall be mine that's powerful that's what Moses was doing he's like I'm gonna stand still in you I'm gonna Hold my peace. I'm going to keep my trust in you when everything else looks like I shouldn't be able to trust. I know that I can trust in you. That song that says, sometimes I feel like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And I can trust you and trust your heart and trust that you love me and trust that you're going to work great things in my life and know that you're there. And I was like, where, where is that song? That's scripture. I know it's scripture. And the Bible talks a lot about, about peace in the Bible. And in Isaiah 30, he says um, this. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance, in rest, is your salvation. What is rest? It's standing still. It's holding your peace. In quietness and trust is your strength. But at this time... Israel is, goes on and it's something that, that's really sad because it says, but you would have none of it. Why? Because why? they were trying to gain their righteousness, trying to gain their provision, trying to gain their peace in their own works. And when it wouldn't work, they were starting to worship on high places and trying to go after other idols and other things. And we're not so much different nowadays. And God's saying, man, I want you to rest and trust in me because if you'll let me fight your battles, victory's assured. But the moment you take that into your own hands and quit relying on me, then it's just what you can do. And some of us, we can go a long ways on what we can do. But we get tired, man. 
and we get beat up. And God's like, I don't want you to do what you can do. I want you to surrender to me so that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can flow through you and work in you and do great things in this world and change this world one heart at a time. If we'll just surrender and trust him. But we get to make that choice. He's not going to make us. He says, you know what? Here's your choice. It reminded me in Exodus where the Israelites, man, they had just gone through Passover, right? They'd just seen the blood of the lamb sprinkled on the doorpost of their heart, which represents our salvation. And then through that great salvation, the Bible says that they all left Egypt, not one lame, not one feeble, with all the gold and with all the silver. And now they're heading to freedom, and God says, no, I want you to turn around and go back. And, and go back down the coast. And they go back down the coast and he puts them in like this, where, where it come in, it's like this little, it's like an alley, right? And they go down through this alley and they run into the Red Sea. So here they're at, at the Red Sea and then God says, you know what? Okay, Egyptians, now you can go get them. What? That's not very fair. And so here they are, they're in between the Egyptians coming after them, and they weren't coming after them to bring them donuts. Right? They were, coming, they were going to wipe them out and get back everything that, that they had. Like the Egyptians were down to nothing, right? And they were mad. So here they're at the Red Sea, and then the enemies coming on their heels, and, and they reply to... Um, to Moses is this, it says in, in um, Exodus chapter 19, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching w- after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die. So see, this here tells me right now it's their faith that saved them right here. Because like they had so much faith that God wouldn't, wouldn't let them down, right? I didn't have any faith. They're like, man, you should have just killed us and buried us there. Are you just doing it? Because it's going to be way worse than anything they've ever thought of doing to us. Thank you, by the way, Moses. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? (laughs) Let us serve the Egyptians? I mean, what did you do? You just set us free, right? You just, just set us free with all the silver and all the gold and all the lame and all the sick. We're made whole. That's all he did. Sometimes we get comfortable in our stuff. And we don't want to step forward because it's a lot easier staying where we are than going where God wants us to go sometimes. God always has a challenge and greatness for us if we'll just trust Him. And then He said, Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. 
stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The, the, the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. What he's saying? Even though it looks impossible, even though it looks like you're going under, even though it looks like there's no hope, God's saying, do you know something? This thing that's coming against you, you will never see again. Because when I bring victory, I bring it sure and fast and thorough. And then he goes on and he says this. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You know, you need only to be still. Now in the King James Version, it might say you need only to hold your peace. A lot of times we think that holding our peace means that we don't say anything. And that's not that at all. He's saying, stand. When you've done all to stand. Sometimes that's all we can do. It's just stand. Our hearts are broken and we see loss. And I'm not the only one who lost family member this last week. And some things like, like my dad passing is not a tragedy, but there are tragedies out there. And there's people whose hearts are broken for various reasons. There's people who are losing their jobs and people who, who are going bankrupt and people whose families are, are, are leaving them. And there's all kinds of chaos all over the place. But I assure you, in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of everything that's coming against you, you have a great God that is for you. And that loves you and will not back up. He says, I just want you to hold your peace. Stand still and see my salvation. Now what does this mean? Hold your peace. To me it means this. Rest in peace. Too many of us, like every time I never understand rest in peace when people pass. It's like really, you don't need peace then. When you really need to learn to rest in peace, it's right now. What does peace mean? It means completeness. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. Peace is not a thing or an object, but it's a person, and his name's Yeshua. His name's Jesus. And if you don't have him, I don't know how you can have that kind of peace. You can't, it's impossible. He's the peace that breaks down every wall. And we can trust Him. It's like, just rest in me. Rest in my promises. Rest in my finished work. Rest in me now. Don't wait till, till like, we're a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. These bodies are just houses, man. Right? One day, we will be more alive than we've ever been. But in the meantime, while we're here, we can rest in peace, knowing that we have a God who's for us and who will never let us down. And to me, that's good news. The saying in, um, in Hebrew, there's a song, it's called, And it's, I am not ashamed. 
of the gospel, for it is a power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the peace that it brings, because that's the power of God unto salvation in everything that we need. There's another scripture. Man, I didn't even know how long I thought I'd be lucky to preach 10 minutes this morning. And thank God God's so faithful for the Holy Spirit. But there's another scripture. And, and I love this because in Philippians he says, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. My dad knew he was going to pass. He got to see see all of his kids and his grandkids and and great some great grandkids and and he knew but when he was confronted when they said you're going past his response was I've run my race I've ran the good race I'm ready to go I've lived a great life and all I could think about was seeing my mom again and as I think back on that what a great legacy even to the very end that he left and I can trust God in that. And so sometimes we feel anxious and we feel like things aren't going to work out. And so we, we start thinking all these things that happened in the past instead of letting them go. And surrendering our hearts to our present and our future in God. But it says this right here in Philippians chapter 4, 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. A few times. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then he says this. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Man, you're not going to understand everything. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. But if you'll submit your complete trust to me, I promise I got you. I promise I'll take care of you. He said, in which the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's really good news, right? That's what we need. It goes on and says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Like change the channel. Change the frequency. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God 
of peace will be with you. That's good news, amen? If you're out there and you don't know the God of peace, man, you're just whizzing by. I don't know all the fancy terms technologically, but I know that God, the creator of the universe, loves you. And he's got your your heart in mind, and he loves you no matter what you're going through. And you can just surrender that to him and say, Father, I trust you. Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that you're Lord. Come into my heart and watch what he'll do. Amen? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for just being here with us. Even, even when all, all hell seems to be breaking loose around us, I thank you that we can trust you and know that you're with us and know that you're for us and know that we can lean on you no matter what. Bring peace to, to the families who have lost, lost loved ones and the things they're going through. But Father, just let them know how much you love them and how much you're there for them. And we thank you in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.